This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, 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 I don't smoke anymore. I'm tired of awaking on the floor. No, 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 please, it only makes me sneeze. Nothing, 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 nothing. We got nothing. We got nothing for sale. Nothing. History of the world, part one. Rats. We got rats. Rat soup. Ratatouille. So, anyway, what can I tell you? We do it all for France. Oh, man. I remember when that came out, I was dying for History of the World Part Two. Holy shit. The Star of David ship for Jews in space may be the coolest spaceship I have ever seen in my life. Just want you to know that. Mel Brooks, no, he didn't come up with it right away. It's a shame. Anyway, that's that's a whole other story, a whole other yeah. show. Yeah, but finally. There yeah. Go. There we go. There we go. Where, where do they have your ass now? You're in uh, you're in uh, Vegas? I'm in, I'm in New York, actually. I just hosted Good Morning Football this morning. It's oh. actually re-airing right now. So I'm up here the next few days uh, hosting Good Morning Football. So I just got back. We end at 10. So just hopping in the hotel and uh chatting with you. So that's been my morning. Um, where where are you leaning to in the uh Super Bowl? Um the 49ers are the better team to me, talent-wise. Um, it almost feels like they are due, but I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes. I think that, you know, I and it almost gets to the point where I feel like everybody's shifted to the the Patrick Mahomes chief bandwagon. And I, I don't like to be on the side where everyone is. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like to be on the side against Patrick Mahomes. I was, uh, that was me. That was me two weeks ago. Right. I was, laughing. Yes. I was laughing at everybody picking Baltimore. Yep. Everybody picking Baltimore. And, and also you want to give me three and a half points. I'll right. take it. You want to give me now four. I'll take it. You want to give me four and a half. That's let's go, baby. Let's go. You're giving the best player in the world points let's go let's go and i am not betting against pat mahomes yeah oh by the way i'm not betting against chris jones who's the pat mahomes of defense okay because there's nobody not even boza nobody wrecks a game like chris jones no well the guy for the rams i'm sorry i'm left him up that's that's wrong on my part first him then jones okay right right and then jones but there is nobody on the field boza does not affect the game he is great but he doesn't affect the game like chris jones has that guy's a game wrecker so i am i'm going with andy reed i'm going with chris jones and i'm going with pat mahomes and by the way i think a motivated kelsey because as I've been telling Matt Verderam, who's our insider on Wednesdays and a big KC insider, 
You know, he 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 thinks, you know, oh, uh, he's he's coming more to my side now. He's starting because he was at first with the whole, oh, he's got two years left. This guy's in love. Uh-huh. This guy is going to play like a madman on Sunday because he wants to do the John Elway thing and he wants to walk out into the sunset with that championship. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what's going to happen. I really do. I really do. I think so. So the underrated storyline, I guess, in this game for me is like, I think rightfully so everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes. And then the other side is Brock Purdy's incredible run coming back from what he is. Right. Um, I think there is not enough talk about how dominant this Chiefs defense is. I think that that to me is one of the more underrated elements. Like I think publicly people would tell you uh, just based off looking at the teams on paper, they thought the 49ers had a better D. Uh, pause defense um, because of Nick Boza, because of Fred Warner, because of all the pieces that we know name wise, Javon Hargrave, like the Chiefs don't have as much name value beyond Chris Jones on that defense for a, a household audience. But I'll tell you what, ask the Dolphins about their defense. Ask the Ravens. Ask about- the Dolphins about their secondary. That's what's elite. Right. It's and the ask them about their secondary. Ask the Ravens about their secondary. Ask the Steelers or who else do they play the first week? Uh, whoever they played the first week, ask them about their uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. And ask the Dolphins. Ask the Bills. Right. They ragdoll Tyreek Hill, dude. They yes, ragdoll the Yes, absolutely. And, and Bird, they are the best secondary in the playoffs. Right. Period. Yes. Not the Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl. The playoffs. They were the best secondary, and that's why that defense is so special. Because Chris Jones and the boys up front, they've been doing their job. But they, 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 let me tell you something. Kansas City got their asses kicked a couple of years ago when Mahomes was all over on the floor, right? And they said, "We got to fix the offensive line." Next year, they fixed the offensive line. They struggled with their secondary a couple years ago. They said, no, no, we got to fix this secondary. And two years ago, they had one of the better drafts in the NFL in years to find a couple of secondary guys, and they turned their secondary around like that, dude. They And, and watch, this coming offseason, they're going to go find Mahomes a couple of extra weapons too. They attack a problem like nobody's business, dude. Prop to the Chiefs. That's why they went back and fixed their line and won the Super Bowl. Now they fixed their secondary, and they're going to win a Super Bowl. That's just kind of the way it is, man. The second is what's made them special. I'm with you. Um, Legereus Need, Trent McDuffie, two of the best pair of corners um, in the league. And what I love about both of those guys is their, their physicality. A lot of times this days, corners aren't physical anymore. They don't want to tackle. They want to get picks. And I, I, I don't blame them. Because interceptions make you money. I give me a pair of corners that not only play great coverage, but will stick their nose in there to stop a stream that will uh, pop a pop a running back coming around the edge too lackadaisical, that will press a receiver on a line of scrimmage and get their timing off on the route. Um, I, I think that that pair of corners, I can't wait. Like the matchup, everybody, I'm excited to see. Everybody's going to talk about, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes this or Brock Purdy that. I can't wait to see how, Legereus Steed and Trent McDuffie go against the the quote unquote physical receivers of the 49ers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Who's the tougher pairing? Because Debo's got his name nickname for a reason. We know he only plays one level physicality. 
And Brandon Ayuk has been one of the best receivers in football this year. Uh, incredible recovery from him, kind of from the Kyle Shanahan doghouse to nearly 1,500 yards. He's physical in the past game and run game, too. Which bunch can be more physical, the, the Chiefs corners or, or the 49ers receivers? To me, that's going to have a huge impact on this game. And the last thing I'll say here about the Chiefs defense, C. Spagnola, um, is, it was an incredible hire for them. And he's probably having his best year as a coordinator. He's, he's, he does a great job of scheming up what they're going to do on a given basis, uh, disguising coverages to the perfect timing. And every single game I see the Chiefs defense, I can't remember them ever being unprepared. Or not ready. That's that's coaching. That's 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 uh that's that's coaching. And so to me, that Chiefs defense is going to end up being a key story in this game. I agree. I agree. This is why for years I've always had this discussion with people. You know, they say, "Oh, Dion's the best ever," and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine if you want to, but I'll take Rod Woodson every day of the week and twice on Sundays over Dion Sanders." And it's because of what you just said there. Rod Woodson was going to cover you. Okay, just as good pretty much as Dion. Or if you want to say Dion's a hair better, that's fine. But Rob Woodson's going to knock your dick in your sock, too, at the same time. So that's the difference there. And that's where give me Rod Woodson. Give me Ronnie Lott. Okay. I know Dion Sanders is great, but you can have him. Give me, give me the corner that is physical and can cover. That's the dog I want. And they found two of them, dude. And that is that's some impressive stuff. All right, let's get to the uh, dog. Speaking of Rod Woodson, we had Rod Woodson interview on our show uh, for Good Morning Football this morning. Uh, so, he's looking great. And, he's, a, uh, he's, he's a monster and a half. He's so good, he switched over to safety. Yep. It, it's just incredible play. I, I can't say enough about Rod Woodson, how good that guy is as a player. How great that guy was as a player. I it's mean, hard to call a Hall of Famer underrated but he is an underrated hall of famer like i don't think he's mentioned enough among the top dbs ever and uh he deserves to be in that conversation oh my god yes please i watched the man both him and carnell lake bro carnell lake was a hell of a player yeah and also play and then switched over to safety also mm -hmm. okay i mean the skill set that those guys had uh but, but rod woodson was special and a half dude i mean that's as good as it gets all right, let's get into uh, your uh, your thoughts on the Anthony Weaver hire overall. I like the hire. Um, I have covered a number of Ravens games this year. I got a chance mm -hmm. to talk to Weaver a few times in pregame. I'll tell you what, Dolphins fans are going to really like his energy. The energy he brings the – I don't want to say opposites because, you know, Vic had a lot of positives too, but I think it's opposite style in that – Weaver's going to be a high energy, getting the mix during practice guy. Like one thing about Vic, Vic was very hands off during practice. He let the guys do his thing and then he correct later in the film room. Weaver's going to get there on the pads with you. He's going to get on the sled and say, hey, this is how you do it. If you're not doing it right, get off the sled type guy. He's that type of coach. Um, and I think that you're going to see him relate to players better, which I think is going to be important. What I am curious to see is, is what scheme he runs of his own do, do they assimilate a lot to the Vic Fangio scheme they've run previously or does he create an iteration of his own um because you know obviously there's the Ravens scheme that they ran under Mike McDonald um and his kind of element of there that they've run with you know a few different coordinators whether it Mark and Dell and then Weaver had his own defense Texans that didn't go great the personnel wasn't great 
And so my big question for him is what does it look like schematically wise? Because as far as like personality and how he relates to the players, I don't think that that will be an issue at all. I think he's going to get the most uh, out of these guys, and I think they're going to respond well to him. Well, I uh, I like the hire to me, but but again, I don't think that uh, defense has been an issue for the first two years under McDaniel. I think Josh Boyer was fine. Uh, I, I I think. Vic Fangio did his job. I'm I'm more worried about the offense and the play caller and and uh, the unorganization and the lack of discipline. You know, I'm I'm more worried about the, the the head coach. You know, overall. Now, what did you think of Joe Barry? Because I thought that was very interesting, very smart. Weaver has never been a defensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Barry's been a defensive coordinator for several years now. The last three were Green Bay. I, I I thought bringing in him as a linebackers coach and a sounding board for Weaver, I I find it to be freaking genius. By the way, yeah, I'm always a big fan of of um, sort of younger coaches bringing in former you know vets for, who've done their job before um, as a guiding as a guideline for them, like. Um, lean on somebody when you have questions because inevitably you're going to have a question of what what happens when this I've got a player who's doing this how do you adjust that he can lean on Joe Barry in that respect I know a lot of people are going to trip about Joe Barry's success or lack of success in Green Bay he didn't have a great run as defense coordinator there but he did have a great run as a linebacker coach and he can also share how did our offensive line coach do who sucked at the University of Miami and also got ripped Absolutely. Usually in Denver on the way out. Okay. Yep. Yep. I mean, every situation is different. Okay. Every so, you know, as, uh, you know, we, we can't go by that, bro. Right. We just can't go by that. Yeah. You every know? situation is different. I think that, you know, because of Joe Barry's connections to a lot of the places that, that Mike's been, there will be a little bit more of a, uh, a seamless relationship in that respect. Like he's been, he's coached under Sean McVay. He's coached under Matt LaFleur, like two of uh, Mike's best friends and, and coaching mentors. And so I think that a lot of times last year, what people didn't see behind the scenes was there was maybe a lack of connection between all of the coaches. There's different, you're, you're merging different styles of coaches, which is fine in essence, but only if they work and collaborate together. And I don't know if they fully had that this year. I think you'll have last year. I think you'll have more of that this year. Now they got to make it work. And I, I'll tell you this, like I warned Dolphins fans. I said this before. I think this is going to be a tough off season. I think that, you know, they can come back in April when they're back on the field and it may look worse roster wise because of some of their salary cap decisions. So they will lean more on the coaching staff to get out of the young players and develop young players, which is why I think they made some of the hires they did. Development will be key more than, uh, than just scheme and, and, and those type of things. And so you, how do you get Cam Smith to, to look like a starting level corner? How do you get, you know, is there any hope for Channing Tindell? Can he play a role in this defense? Can a coach get that out of him? You know, th these are things that are going to be key uh, parts of this new coaching staff regime because you're not going to have the the money to be able to spend on big, splashy free agents this offseason. And so um, I'm eager to learn that element, but I'm also not going to overreact and have a huge take of, you know, Anthony Weaver is going to take this team to a top five defense. We don't know yet. And it's fine to say that we don't know and we're kind of eager to see.
Yeah, I'm I'm not nearly as worried. They've got a lot of places that they can pick up a lot of cash and get flexibility. I think it gets uglier for them. Next year gets harder, and then two years from now is going to be near impossible. Two years from now is the hell that the Ravens and the Bills are now going to be in as their quarterbacks' real contracts kick in. That's when it comes to real real limitations. I think they'll be crafty enough. And what I like about this trifecta is they can find talent. So I'm 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 just not worried that much about that. The the front office does an excellent job of finding talent. And and you know what? You know, Cam, I, I got you know the Dolphin Nation, because media doesn't give a shit in general, but the Dolphin Nation has got to get over the whole Vic thing. Dude, the old man was at a part in his life, a, a moment in his life where it's about him now, and he's done a lot, and he's traveled a lot, and he's been everywhere, and the guy didn't really want to be here, and he a job opened up that was closer to his family, and he's kind of at the end of his run, and this place wasn't necessarily a perfect fit for him. The money was, and, you know, and I think he had somebody on the west coast of Florida, right? I think his mom, right, or yeah. something? North, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So he had somebody here, and that's if I remember right. But the main part of his family and where he's at in his life and all that, everyone's gonna get there, dude. Everyone is going to get there, dude, at one point or another. You know what I mean? A lot of people tell me all the time, "Oh, I miss you on radio." Well, I have no interest to be on radio, right? Not whatsoever. I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to answer to people anymore. And especially to people that most of the time I used to answer to people that have never done my job, have never broken a story, have never built up a, a relationship with teams or players or businesses, have never, have never even run a show, have never built an audience, have never even connected with sponsors. The things that I have to do in order to survive, most of the people that have been my bosses, they've never done that. Yep. That's what I deal with. And by the way, that's the kind of shit you deal with, I'm sure, throughout your career. You got people right. telling you what to do when they like, wait a minute, dude. When did you break a fucking story? Right. What, what, you've done what I've done, right? I'm sure I'm not telling you to say it publicly, but in your mind, you have faced a boss that you're like, this guy doesn't know what I do for a living, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it, it's just, I, that's where Vic is. And I think we all got to understand that. And just kind of let it go, dude. Right. He is, you know, he's set in his ways. Move on from that. All right. Uh, the other thing I uh, wanted to ask you about is um, this offseason. Why are you so concerned when you can create a lot of space with X in June, with Ogbogan, with Tua getting a new contract and cutting down that money, with uh, Christian Wilkins is gone. That's a lot of money that's going to be cleared off the book. Cedric Wilson will not return. So there's another $6 million that opens up for next year. So you start to look at all the money that's going to be available. Why are you so worried about flexibility? Because I don't think that I don't think that's a concern at all this year. I'm not worried about flexibility as far as um the elements you're talking about. I'm talking about how do they improve this roster with the lack of uh, cap space they will have. Um, the guys you mentioned, although maybe they're cut for a reason, are still key contributors. 
you lose a Christian Wilkins, that's yeah. a huge cog of your defense. And so you're saying, oh, it opens up space. Well, you're going to have to replace them. What are you going to replace a Christian Wilkins with? You talk about Xavier Howard. Right. We talked about this. If he doesn't take a, a notable pay cut, he's probably gone, which I don't think he's going to do. You still got to replace an Xavier Howard. I know some people say, oh, he's getting older. He wasn't the same guy. He's still a starting level corner, and you don't have another one of those on your roster. Uh, are you trusting Cam Smith, who you hadn't seen play? All I, don't, I, don't know yet. I don't know yeah, what to trust. That's a bold thing for a team ready to win, to trust a second-round corner who hadn't played a significant snap on defense all, all his rookie year. And so, you know, what are we what are we doing here? You talk about, you know, Mango Ogba being gone. And, yes, he, he's, he wasn't used well in Vic Bangio's scheme, but you got two edge rushers and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb coming off serious injuries. Who knows when they're back themselves again? And so these are huge questions that I just don't think you have the money to be able to answer. Now, you're going to have to hope you draft and develop that you maybe find some lower end free agency fits to make it work. But that's a lot of hope and wishing. And to me, that's just to get back to the level that you were this year, not to get better. That's just to get back to that level. And so to me, that's what the concern is. Most of it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, as far as key, like you talked about, you like the defense. Well, you've got to figure out how to keep that talent and or improve that talent to get back to that level. So to me, that's why I'm 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 concerned. And then also remember this: these guys got to get paid, right? You're gonna to have to pay a Robert Hunt, right? Like a lot of your money's gonna to go to keeping some of your own guys. Your Robert Hunt, your Tua Tungavailoa. Soon Jalen Waddle's gonna be up. Soon Javon Holland's gonna be up, right? And so a lot of these core pieces you're looking, you know, Jalen Phillips at some point. So you're gonna to have to take care of these guys while still figuring out how to improve your roster. I think that this team is definitely gonna be in a period where they're they're having a, a little bit of uncertainty trusting guys who we haven't seen do it which is what my concern is. Yeah, although the Jalen Phillips of the world will not be getting paid for a while. Uh, Jalen Phillips is what, 2020, 2020? Yes, he's got one more year and a tag, right? He's he, he's going to get get a decision on his fifth-year option. Which is probably, year. Yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he'll be tagged uh, probably for next year, some kind of a tag. That's You're still, not giving- the number's still going up. This number is still going up because the tag number is is twenty million for edge rushers. That's yeah, that's like straight yeah, on yeah. books. It may not be a franchise tag, right? But I'm saying like your fifth year option number, your your these are like straight fifteen million to twenty million straight direct on your cap. These aren't like these aren't the extensions where you're seeing hey two three million a year one, then it goes up. A lot of times when you're tagging these guys or playing them on their fifth year option, that number is just a straight one year big block. And so I know, they're screwed. They can't give him a long-term contract. Right, I hear you. That's what that's what the balance is, right? That you got guys coming up on the bulk of their deal. You know, Tyreek Hill, you're going to see a huge cap number coming up on him starting soon. Bradley Chubb, same thing. You're going to have the Teron Armstead. If he doesn't retire, you have a Teron Armstead decision because he's going to have a big cap number. And he retired. You know, yeah. and, and he has a big cap number. You're going to say, okay, do we keep him, which uh, he's one of the best left tackles in football when he's healthy. Actually, they need – actually, you know the cap number. They, yeah. they actually need him to come back this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not a good option. All your cap regardless, right? And Even so, if Sam can play the entire season next year and play great at left tackle, it creates – that. Re- now, that's a financial problem there. 
they actually it's actually better for the Dolphins to have them on the books than be forced to get them off the books. That be that creates an even bigger problem for them. they have enough shit to deal with this offseason. They really don't need the Armstead. Believe it or not, folks out there, they really don't need an Armstead retirement right now. They need an Armstead retirement another year or two, but not right now. I hear you, man, for sure. Yeah. For so, sure. all right, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. Catch his work at the NFL Network, and you can catch him now at Good Morning Football. You'll be on what the rest of the week? Yep, next two days I'll be on. So the rest of the week, uh, from seven to ten a.m here from uh from new york and we'll have a rear like there's a rear Aaron right now so you'll if you're if you're not an early roger you can see it again from 10 to 1 um that we tape it after so yep you got it good stuff as always cam appreciate you my brother hang in there in a uh, cold ass new york my friend yeah, we will we'll do we'll do we'll talk uh, later on in the week on friday thank you absolutely thanks got it there you go cameron wolf baby and reach out to our friends at KSDT CPAs. They know how to get it done. We were actually going to be there this morning uh, broadcasting from there, but yeah, we had a little change of plans. Uh, and, you know, coming off an operation, that was actually a good move for me that I didn't have to be there. But uh, listen, when it comes to personal taxes, business taxes, especially for business taxes, you know you need that guidance all year long. They are a top 200 firm by Forbes, top 200 tax firm by Forbes. So reach out to the great people at KSDT CPAs, 305-670-3370. And they've got offices in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. They're hiring, and they opened up an office now in Charlotte, North Carolina. They continue to expand. In fact, they're already working on another expansion in another city, and they're hiring there, too, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So use that number right there, 305-670-3370 if you're looking for work. And if you need somebody to do your personal taxes or business taxes, you can use that QR code, or if you're listening to the podcast, 305 670 3370. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 3370. What up? What up? What up? How you What's good, oh? Not much, man. Uh, I got to tell uh, you, talking about it before you came on. Uh, I would, uh, I would, every AP writer that voted for Joe Flacco or DeMar Hamlin, I would strip their freaking vote. Um, Comeback player of the year, huh? Yeah, I, I thought what they did to Baker Mayfield was a crime. That guy played the whole season, 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 64% completion percentage. His team won the division, got to the playoffs. That is, he is the definition of comeback player of the year. You know, DeMar Hamlin deserves a courage award. It takes courage to come back to play a game that you practically died on. But he was never a player in the first place. He was never a starter. There was nothing to come back from, from him. He was just coming back from the dead. That's different. That's courage. And Joe Flacco played five regular season games. I, I, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I found that to be the most disturbing thing of the whole night, to be quite honest. So it's interesting. I have a different take here, and I think it's probably because it's personal to me. I think DeMar Hamlin should have won the award, and I think it was easy. Um, 
I look at it this way, but first I will say this. I think Baker probably deserved it more than Joe Flacco. I, I'm with you there. Baker did it for a full season. Joe Flacco came back from the couch, right? Like he had a great season, but he came back from the couch. Uh, Baker Mayfield came back from, um, you know, playing poorly. Oblivion. Um, in, dealing, in dealing with, you know, multiple kind of uh, bad situations. We all gave franchise. up. He came back and became a. We all gave yeah. up on him. We all gave yes. up on yes. Mayfield. Let's be honest. We all said right. it was toast. That's it. Uh -huh. That's it. Right? And so here's what I think. I talked about this a little bit on Good Morning Football. I think DeMar should have won the award. But I think the issue at hand, and we can't really prepare for a situation like DeMar, but I think there should be probably two different awards. I think there should be Oh, you're breaking up. Ah, you're breaking up. Did I lose you? Yeah, yeah, you're frozen now. You got me? Now, now you're unfrozen. All right, go ahead. Do, do you got cool. me now? Okay, yeah, cool. I'm just driving. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah. I think that there should be two awards. I think it should be a most improved award, which to me, Baker was the right choice for the most improved award. He made the most improvement year over year than any of these guys. Comeback to me is through adversity, whether it's a significant injury or in DeMar's case, death. And so that's what I think the issue is, the framing of the question that we lump those two together. I, I disagree you disagree with you it should be a courage award i think you're using the wrong adjective okay because when you say comeback player you have to be a player in the first place he played we last year he we have to he be honest we have to be honest damar hamlin it has never been a player so i he disagree was, i will say this a, dude he was a scrubberini hanging on to the back end of a roster spot he's not yeah, a he was, player a player so I will say this. He was is impactful and then loses his job and comes back here's where i would call it a courage award um uh what's it called the 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 quarterback from um that blew out his leg in in washington that played for Kansas alex, smith. Smith. alex smith alex smith that's courage. he wanted to come back player every year as well exactly when he came it's back yeah, but he played a whole season, whereas DeMar Hamlin... You know, he, he didn't play it well. You're talking about his on-the-field play. He didn't play well. No, he didn't play well. But he that's played. Why I would, that's and, why I would give him courage. The thing is, the you say courage. Yeah. I, I think, so this is, this is different terminology, but to me, I got to see you come back from adversity. Like, I get Baker being lumped in there, but to me, Baker came back from him playing poorly. Like, he, it was his own play. He didn't come back from any trauma. He just was bad in the systems they had him, and then he became good in a different system. To me, that's not coming back from anything. That's being the most improved. You know, that's not, he didn't come back from anything. He just improved. To me, coming back from something requires adversity, trauma. Something happened to you, and you, you overcame that and still was able to come back to this game. And so yeah, I get the DeMar argument. Back, I, I, but you came back to actually play. You came back right. to actually so, be so, a player. So that's what I would say. I guess so the DeMar argument that he didn't. He a player, and he wasn't a player again either. He's never been a player. That's the so, problem. So he, I, I get that we get this emotional tie with DeMar, and he almost died in the heart, and we have to have, you know, uh, some 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 sympathy and all that. 
but we are allowing our sympathy to cloud our judgment. The guy was ever a player, ever. I completely disagree. So, so here's what I would say. DeMar Hamlin started, I think, nine or ten games last year uh, due to injuries, and so he played a lot of defense last year. He's, the, the fact that he's never been a player, that's just inaccurate. He played a lot of defense due to injuries last year. Was he any good? Was this he really? Year, he's been there. Come on. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that he was bad. He was fine. He was a, a backup playing in a starter role, like most backups play in starter role. That's just, uh, that's the, that's why to no. me you and I you and I differ because to you comeback doesn't mean that the player was ever any good, and to me that's what it is. No, it's, see, I think you were either great. I think I think it's an adversity yeah, award. Listen, listen, you were either great and you Kurt Warnered the shit, and and you got lost in the Giants and then you found your way in Arizona. That's comeback player, or you blew out a knee. You know, and then you you rehabbed, and then you came back and had an amazing season. That's comeback. You came back to be a player again, one way or another, injury or adversity or whatever it is, or maybe you ended up in the wrong situation that it was a terrible offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that didn't set you yeah. up for success, and then you go somewhere else where the change of scenery, all of a sudden, Geno Smith and you're, you know, a comeback player of the year. I, to right. me, that's what I like for comeback players. Yeah. You actually came back I get and you. you. I played. You I, know? I, yeah, I get you. To me, we just disagree on this. I think what your discussion is most most improved is on a field thing. To me, this is an adversity award. And so what we just disagree on the core fundamentals of the award, which goes back to my point that I feel like it should be separated and should be too different. So whether it's what you say, and it becomes a courage award and comeback stays with the, the on-field element, or it's what I say that comeback becomes the, the biggest adversity that you come back from to return to the field, which is the meaning to me, and you add a most improved for the people you're talking about who have overcome bad old season or just being bad. Like, Baker was bad. He was a first-round overall pick. Like, this isn't a, a boost, or he was the first overall pick in the draft. He kind of flamed out. And now he rekindled. And so that's improvement. I don't know if that's necessarily came back from any trauma or adversity. And so that's, you know, we're we're talking a little different in the meanings. Cam, Cam, there is comeback to it because it's hard to get knocked down in public. And then that plays with you mentally also. And it plays with your confidence. And you've got to fight. And you've got to believe in yourself that you're going to fight through all the adversity and all the people like Orlando Alzigari saying, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield's toast. He'll never do anything again. And there you go. You right. go to Tampa and you tell and you tell Orlando Alzigari, see, you're an idiot. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I am a player. So to me, right. there's a lot to coming back for Baker Mayfield because he had to hear it from everybody that he wasn't good enough, that he was never going to be a starter again. That, that Fs with you mentally, dude. It has to. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. And I, like I said, I would have voted Baker second for the award. I think Tua was also a worthy candidate, although Tua probably didn't get it because he was good last year. Even though the concussions were a big deal and a big part of the narrative, people forget Tua was very good last year. Yeah. And so to me, that's why I feel like he doesn't get the award. He came back from concussions, but he, he you know, it was not it a career threatening thing in my, in my vision. 
Yeah, I, right. I would. I, I, here's here's the last thing I will say on Demar, and obviously we disagree. And I think there's probably more people who agree with you than agree with me, which is fine. We're in this place to agree to disagree. I was there on in the in the ground for eight days in Cincinnati where he died, and seeing the, the looks on people's faces, seeing the impact of people outside of football. Uh, you can say what he want about what he was as a player. He was a backup who played starter reps. He's come back and been a special teams player this year primarily. Um, but I talked to him. He's still having uh, triggers from that 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 uh, that heart attack on the field, and so that's going to affect your ability to come back to play. But he's still it's still important to him to come back. He could have easily just said, you know what, my career is good. I can go on a speaking tour the rest of my life. I don't need to come back to football. I can go use this and, and speak to kids. It was important for him to come back, have the courage, have the, the fortitude to say, hey, I'm going to try to play this thing, even through the difficulty, even through the mental gaps. And to me, that shows a lot. And to me, that's the, the quintessential nature of comeback. Yeah, you and I just have a different definition of what comeback is. Yeah. And, and I know exactly what DeMar Hamlin is going through because I have five stents in my heart. And I felt mm -hmm. my chest and my heart like it, it was close to exploding. And ever since I've had the stents in my heart, brother, any little like pain, air, discomfort in my chest, it, it's it, it, it's a paranoia. It's already mm -hmm. in my mind. So, uh, I could imagine that his is even worse because he literally died. I was kind of like on the brink of a heart attack, but they kind of, you know... Tackles, you know, that kind of shit. Right. So I definitely right. can deal with um, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson. Very happy. Uh, awesome. I almost, I, yeah, but I almost felt like, you know, Reggie Wayne would. Mm -hmm. I thought Reggie would get in ahead of Andre, even though yeah. I'll tell you, Andre is the superior receiver. Andre Johnson mm -hmm. to me is one of the greatest receivers i have ever seen in my life he was just stuck in Houston with no quarterback but i thought because of wayne's success title all of that he might have gotten in and then i'm also thinking the committee said man we're already getting two hurricanes we can't go three i kind of felt bad for reggie wayne yesterday because he clearly deserves to get in you know what i mean and he will get in yeah he almost felt like they said you know, enough's enough. We're not gonna we're not gonna put three canes in there. And I, I don't know if it was necessarily about the canes as much as the wide receivers. Like through the history, at least for me, the Hall of Fame, they're very reluctant to put in multiple sure. players from the same position in the same class. And so wide receivers, because there's a lot of them, end up in a backlog. Like you mentioned Reggie Wayne, who's definitely a worthy Hall of Famer, Tory Holt as well. Tory Holt's been been waiting for a handful of years. Uh Steve Smith. Uh, a, a colleague of mine who's a great as well. He's been waiting for a handful of years as well. And so uh, these are guys who have to wait because of that desire to spread it around to the other positions. I think that Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt, Steve Smith will all get in in the coming years. But I do think it's a great time to celebrate Andre Johnson. Uh, my favorite Andre Johnson memory is him beating the beating the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. Uh, but his, the rest of his uh, his career was was absolutely amazing. And he's the first Texans player to go in. Like, there's a certain nostalgia of being the first from a franchise to go in. And, uh, you know, it's a, it was a great day for the Texans overall. C.J. Stroud, Will yeah. Anderson, and uh, Andre Johnson. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad for Andre Johnson. My, my wife uh, 
he was a student uh, uh, in one of my wife's classes uh, back in Miami High because uh, that's where she graduated from, and she taught there for the first 12 or 13 years of her career. She taught at her alma mater for a while, and Andre was was uh, one of one of her students, and he was always a great kid, too, on top of all of that. That's the other thing. Andre Johnson is as classy as it gets, dude. Like, he is elite-level classy, you know what I'm saying? And he right. is a pro's pro, and I'm telling you, I, very few receivers have had more talent than Andre Johnson. I, I wish he would have ended up with a real quarterback for a couple of seasons, and I think people would have seen some incredible numbers from Andre Johnson. I really believe I'm, that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he's one of the best receivers to ever play this game. Uh, he was a true number one. He could beat you with speed. He could beat you with power. Um, and they Stop. knew every single game that Andre Johnson was the guy to stop. He was the guy on that offense, and he still destroyed you. I have so much respect for those receivers. Uh, where are you at? Because I've been saying for a couple of months, Christian Wilkins is gone. Where are you at right now? I think I that I think, I think they're going to sign him, tag him, and I keep telling everybody, he gone. So what do you if think? If I had to make a prediction as of today, I'd guess that they let Christian Wilkins uh, test free agency. Um, the tag is obviously there as a as a – as a tool if they want to use it, but they have a lot of tight cap situations and that's going to be a tough choice. But my prediction is they let them test free agency. I just don't know if they close the gap on any deal and a 20 minute, $20 million cap hole due to the franchise tag is, is very cumbersome for a team that's already got to cut a lot of uh, space and still improve. And so, yeah, I think uh, if I had to predict as of what, February 9th, uh, I predict Christian Wilkins is in another uniform next year. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I guarantee you he will be in another uniform. And there will be no tags this year. because I heard that too many times from people, and I think they don't really understand the cap situation. They have a ton of flexibilities, but they're going to have sacrifices along the way with it. Yeah. And, one of them, and one of them will be Christian Wilkins. It's just the way it is. And, and, and get used to it now because now that you can draft and you're going to hit on some – you're going to have to make the tough decision of letting go some. And so now we'll see if in the first or second round they replace Christian Wilkins. That's probably so you, Yeah, you've heard me say this before. I think that um, this year, this offseason, you'll see a Dolphins team that comes back that looks less talented uh, initially because they're going to have to trust a lot more young players to fill these spots of these trusted vets here. Christian Wilkins, your Xavier Howard, your Jerome Bakers are all guys all in question um, as far as next year, as, as well as the guys who will be on the roster but coming back from serious injuries like Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Those are five starters and key contributors on defense that there's a lot of uncertainty about heading next year, and they're not going to be able to replace them all in free agency or the draft. I'm with you there. All right, we'll wrap it up with this prediction. Who wins on Sunday? Uh, let's go with the Chiefs. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I actually think it'll be a lower scoring game than people think. Uh, I think a lot of times we get excited about the offenses and the quarterbacks. I think we'll see something in the 20s, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to 24-20. Uh, so give me 24-20 Chiefs, and uh, I think there's a big game coming up for Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I don't think he's being talked about a lot. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a huge day. Well, they will feed his ass. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about it. Even if he's only getting two or three yards of carry, they will still feed him 
to keep the defense honest, which is something I would love Mike McDaniel to learn uh, about. American? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will, they will keep doing it. Yes, American Airlines. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Amazon, I appreciate you, my brother. Safe travels. We'll catch up next week, my friend. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf and our KSDTCPA. Miami Dolphins reporter. Remember, KSDTCPA has offices in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. And they also opened up an office in Charlotte, North Carolina. They can help you with tax, advisory, assurance, accounting. They do it all, folks, so they can help you. And for business taxes, you know you need that guidance all year long. So call the great people at KSDTCPAs, 305 670 3370. Use that QR code for KSDT CPAs.